Hey everybody, just want to let you know with the Jim Cren No Restrictions app now available on iTunes and Google Play, it's absolutely free, streams 24-7 of No Restrictions. Make it easy on just get it today. It's on iTunes and Google Play. Jim Cren No Restrictions app. Jim Cren No Restrictions with Todd DeFazio, where Bloom Cigars, brought to you by Bloom's of course, yes. and Yinzer Cards. I'm excited today, I am. Jim. I am so excited, Todd. And honored because there's a young lady who's a guest on the show, real proud of, right. Gabby Barrett, American Idol. <laughs> it's Yay, amazing. Gabby! Thank you, Madison Square Garden. Gabby's the greatest. <laughs> She's the greatest. Uh, How you doing? It's nice enough to come in and hang out with us at Bloom's. I'm not surprised because she's a down-to-earth right. Pittsburgh girl. And that came through on camera to me, I, I, that Pittsburgh humility. You know what I mean? Yes. you got talent beyond talent. and That must have been wild for you on American Idol as a, as a little girl in Pittsburgh watching the show. Did you sit there and think, I'd like to do that one day? Did you, know, did you think you wanted to do the show? Yeah, I'd watched American Idol since I was very, very young. The first uh, season that I actually watched was the year that Carrie Underwood won. So in 2005, I remember, I was five, I don't remember her like competing, but I do remember her winning. I, I told her this when I met her too. I was like, I remember your hair being all wavy and my parents actually voted for her. And, and so the older that I got, the more I paid attention to the things that she did and she said and what kind of example she was. So I always looked up to her and, and ever since then when I seen her when I wanted to be on American Idol, that was always my dream. But here you are, eight, you're only 18, right? Yes. You're just beginning. I know. You know? I know. It's just starting for you. It's fantastic. And, you know, the big question I want to ask, and uh, you don't have to answer it because it's a personal question, but what does Ryan Seacrest smell like? He I was I was picturing good. Sand- good? <laughs> I was yeah. picturing sandalwood and jasmine. Yeah. Something like lavender. Are you picking up more of a lavender note? Yeah. Okay. I'll go lavender. Lavender. I'll go lavender. Some sweet scent. He's one you know, he's one of the most genuine people I've ever talked to in my life. Really? Yes. That's good to hear. You can just sit there and talk to him for so and he's been doing his job for how many Forever. years, you know? Yeah. And, and, and for some you of to be able to sit there and talk to him is really nice. Yeah, because some of those people could be so pompous, right? Right. I mean they look good on camera, they look friendly on camera and sure. off camera like you know, big time. Absolutely. I've met a few yeah, that are like that. Yeah? And, and he's not at all. Now, I love Katy Perry. I love Katy Perry, right? And she's great on the show. She seems like she's goofy funny. She is. Uh, I was going to ask you, off camera, she, yeah. is she a little bit goofy? She's the which same I like? exact way that she is on camera and off, too. She's very goofy and is just very personable with people. That just, that just cracks me up. Did, yeah. did the judges interact with you guys a lot off camera? Yeah, you know, we actually got to talk to them a lot. I got to talk to Luke Bryan for a good amount of time, um, especially whenever we were rehearsing, uh, doing the song that we right. did together yeah. on American Idol. Um, but Lionel Richie's like everybody's dad. He's yeah. like there for everybody. <laughs> and then Katie was just real silly and luke just gave i mean everybody did their part correctly and right. just gave us lots of words of wisdom throughout the whole thing i, I had two moments that were like were as a fan and watching we were going wow that's like a unbelievable moment okay uh one i thought and i was you blew me away but when you did a whitney houston song all right and Lionel Richie gets up and goes, I knew, I knew Whitney, and you <laughs> nailed it and all that. I'm like, wow. Because you forget the yeah. history, right? And, and it's like he knew her and all. And right. so, you know, he's not just going to throw that out just for TV. He right. meant that. And that must have been a cool feeling for you. It was, especially because I was really sick whenever I sang. You're kidding. Yeah, when I sang Whitney Houston, I had laryngitis. 
bronchitis no. and a sinus infection, and I was going to the doctor. They were trying to give me the most powerful medicine you could possibly take. I was so sick. And my we all have in-ear monitors specially molded into our ears. Yeah. And in rehearsal, the show day, mine blew out. Oh. You're kidding. So I had to use, like, generic um, oh in-ears, and it was just, I was sick. And somehow I pulled it off. You know what? I don't know how. That's your but Pittsburgh the Lord's That's your pit- The Lord, and yeah. right. It's a blessing, and yes. it's a Pittsburgh toughness. Yes. No yeah. excuses. Yeah. Pittsburgh is right. We don't make no excuses. <laughs> Gabby said, I ain't worried about that. I got it right out. You're right. <laughs> ain't no problem here. <laughs> and the other moment was when you're singing, Don't Stop Believing. Yes. And there's yeah. Steve Perry. Insane. What was that but like? He's you in didn't the audience. Know, you yeah, didn't know but. that he was there when you did it, right? No, and I'm really glad they didn't tell me before. And <laughs> right. they like, act it out because I would have peed myself on the <laughs> I'm telling but you. As soon as I looked over to my right, I knew exactly who that was. I looked at his face, yeah. and I just remember watching him all the time, like on my phone and on my computer sure. growing up, because my dad was a big fan of, you know, Journey and Steve Perry, yeah. and you Love went it. to he went to his concerts and stuff like that. So I got to, you know, watch him perform and and just see him live. And story about Steve Perry actually didn't allow them. Yeah, give him. Yeah, come on, Dad. Let's get Dad in here. We got to get Dad. Introduce Dan. It's a great guy. The really exciting thing of it was was that Journey wasn't allowing anybody on American Idol to sing their music. Okay. And then they uh, and then they came to Gabby one of the nights and said, "Hey, come check this email out." Steve Perry actually specifically said. Gabby was the yeah, only said in the email. Wow. He said only for Gabby that's Barrett. Why he came back that's great. That's so huge that honor. Dad, this is a, really cool, a, a Blaze, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. We met a long time ago Absolutely. in a Blaze, but great guy and uh, beyond proud. But the, the cool thing about this is, like, when you're doing this, and I know she had to have the talent young as a kid, you know? And you have so many people that the, the thing is, this is the hardest business in the world to break Absolutely. through, like you have broken through. But, but also, you do have the, the major league talent. And Gabby, you, you're too nice to know, but... You, how many times have you heard people walk up and go, hey, look, my kid yes, can I sing. Exactly. You got to hear her sing. <laughs> and then you're at the fire hall and you're, I believe the children are future. And like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, she's fantastic. That is so I great. love her. <laughs> but then Gabby could really sing. Right. But, right. So you knew in your heart you must have known. If she yeah, gets that break, on, it's going to happen. I didn't want to be a parent like that, so yeah. I made sure. He would actually, actually use a different last name, name on emails and stuff. Really so people good. didn't yeah. associate, yeah, yeah, me and him. To like. make so it tougher. Knew I wanted yes. a dance mom. Right. right. Yeah. 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 You weren't yeah. the pusher. Mom, I didn't want them to no. think that I right. didn't know what I was talking about. I would just say, let her perform, and then you could tell me. And, and that's the thing about, I think, you know, God, when God blesses someone with a talent like that, they will be found, and you were right. found. You know that was a, that's a special talent you have, and you yeah. know that. Now that's why I like the humility uh, the dad must instill in you, yeah. in yeah. family members, it's because it's important. What pain will do how that uh, yeah. instill humility. Yeah. You know, because I early on I thought she had a phenomenal voice, and I thought it was going to be easy. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Right. Wait, she can really sing. Sure, gonna it's going to happen walk. easy. And uh, it was no, <laughs> it no. Happen. The entertainment business is ninety nine percent rejection, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Ninety nine point nine. Ninety nine point nine. But as a comedian, I gotta ask Gabby, if it ever happens, and this is only a dream, if you ever get to headline at Kennywood, I want to open for you. <laughs> if you ever touch that stage at Kennywood, like a deal. Right. Deal. It's confirmed. I mean, I'm, that's a dream. That's a dream. <laughs> You're not asking much, we're, right? Yeah, we're a couple years away from the right. headline Kennywood stage. So you asked that, and I asked her to rent 
Kennywood for a day. Well, that's good, too. <laughs> yeah, we could do the Thunderbolt a lot, yes, you know, exactly. and all that stuff. <laughs> so now, it's it's such a whirlwind for you right now. You're all over, you know, media and everything. What, what What's next? Now, What do, do, do you and Dad sit down and figure out what's next kind of thing? Is it like, is there one of those things? You, well, we you, used to sit down. Now it's just go, go, go. So go you're moving. Nashville. Nashville's next? She met a rocker on the stage. Okay. She <laughs> met her uh, on the show. Yeah. Kate. I mean, he's absolutely amazing. I don't know if you guys... I do know. Right yeah, there. I saw him. He, yeah, he's he very was, talented. Uh, and he's great. And I like his voice. He has that yeah. rock voice and yeah, real good country. Uh, I was dude, really shocked you know, that so. he wasn't <laughs> in that top three. Yeah. You got, you got a, you got a, out of that show, you got a career and a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. pretty good it's, year, it's bud. Crazy how, <laughs> yeah, right? It's crazy how things Pretty good year, out. right? Yeah. That's right. Not bad at all. But tomorrow, I'm actually going to be with Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg and, and his brothers. They invited her at Wahlberg's. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. get a burger there? What do you think Heck you're going to get? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have to go. I have triple to try this something. Absolutely. Triple something. Ba- triple bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> See, that's why I love Gab. That's <laughs> a Pittsburgh girl. Right there. Oh, There's yeah. no oh, vegan no. stuff. No. Here. I'll take one of everything. She doesn't hold back. That's no. it. I'm going to. That's. I don't. I'm an only child. That's my little sister. Yeah, right. That's ready to chip off the old block. You don't want to date her and all. I just, I just, I could uh, teach Gag, give him some cigars and teach her all my bad habits. She's got the cheeseburgers down. But now when are you going to go into a studio, you think, and do do an album kind of thing? Do they they talk to you about that later? Well, the people from Idol? We have a big meeting with them on Friday, next Friday. So we're going in the meeting. Different record label people. Right between Okay. I don't know if you guys know who B.B. Rexay is. Mm -mm. I do. You know her. Yeah, okay. yeah. She from she, McKee's Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, she could be. Okay. Um, but she's she's what's big right now. In okay. Film. She's a kind of where Gabby could have went. Like, she is definitely R&B, right. but then she's with Florida Georgia Line. Right. As One of my favorite guess. songs right now. Exactly. Okay. So she's big. She wants Gabby to come down and, and uh, record with her. Huh. So we're going to squeeze that so in. So would that be a track on hers or yours? Um, it would be it would be mine. She wants to write, uh, like, we want to write together. Okay. Yes. Like, yeah. Very talented songwriter. So that, that'll transition you on both charts. You'll, you know, yes. once you come yeah. out, you'll be transitioning on pop and on the country chart. Right. But that's your vision. That's what you yeah. said. It's like right. a little bit of every different mm-hmm. style. So that's what I'm looking I mean, for in your album. country isn't even country now. It's like, right. it is pop country. It's more pop. Everything's pop. becoming a crossover. Like, everybody's like, Carrie Underwood did a song with Ludacris. I mean, <laughs> that's right. What the heck? So, about, I mean, everything's kind of combining. Jim, Which is cool. We yeah. do um, great. Gabby Barrett and Stanley P. single. <laughs> I already got the album. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you have a vision for I, I do. I just pictured <laughs> the album. <laughs> we'll call it Pure Pittsburgh. <laughs> Gabby, of course, is the center. And then I'm like that silhouette in the back, like the bad graduation pictures. Just staring oh. off in this, in this space. What, what would Stanley sing for Gav? Aaliyah. That's our song. Oh, yeah. Aaliyah. That's We're going to do a duet of Aaliyah. <laughs> it's a secret we didn't want to reveal yet. Yeah. We're going into the studio next week. Yeah. Donnie Iris is predation. Website. You have websites and all this stuff. Anything we, we can. Because it's coming up. Social it's media. Coming, social media. Instagram and Twitter is Gabby Barrett underscore. And Facebook is Gabby Barrett five iTunes. I have a song that's number thirty-one on the charts right now. It's called "Jesus and My Mama." It's my song. Let's let's help get Just that. Up. I'm going to buy it, it right. I'm going to get yep. it right after this Please is over. Please do. I and let's everyone iTunes. out there. We got it. We got to support Gabby.
Barrett, I'm Thank telling you, this girl is pure Pittsburgh. Right. And you made us yeah. so proud. Yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you so much. See, for there you go. There you go. <laughs> thanks, you that. Slow she did it. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze, thanks for coming Thank out, too. Brother. Bringing it. You guys awesome. are the great. Thank Gabby, you. you're the best, huh? Thank, Thank you. you so much. Appreciate it. Gabby Bear. Thank you. Appreciate that. Time to go back in time. And now, in reply to a recent editorial, would you please welcome station manager Stanley P. Kachowski. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, studio audience. This is Stanley P. Kachowski. P is for Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, well, I got my costume, you know, I'm ready for the parties and that, you know. Oh, I got a scary one this year, Scott. <laughs> what? Very scary. Green makeup picture. Fangs coming out of the sides of my, my big bushy eyebrows. Right, I'm going to be Michelle Madoff this year. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. I love Halloween just so great. Remember as a kid, you know, it was, wasn't a great memory. You go hash to hash and that with your little bag. By the end of the trip, you know, you got like a little U-Haul filled up with candy, right? You got like three masks. You just keep changing them. Remember going up to the house, you trick or treat, I'm Spider-Man. You know, in a 10-minute, trick or treat, I'm Captain America. You know, like, I know it's you, Steve. Here's a Clark bar. Have a good time. And, and, and your dad would yell at you. Remember your dad would yell? Hey, what the hell are you doing in the neighborhood? You're going, too much candy. You got too much damn candy. Then about midnight, you sneak downstairs. He's eating your candy. <laughs> then you're your dad to eat anything you would. Don't touch the black cow. <laughs> That's my damn black cow. I sweat under a damn Spider-Man mask for crying out loud. I lost my damn vision. I lost my vision. Remember those damn masks, those little holes cut out? Oh, have a safe trip. Thanks, Ma. I just walked into a wall. <laughs> Could you make the little holes any smaller? They're cutting my retina for crying out loud. <laughs> the little jagged edge coming inside. Remember that? Oh, yeah, this is great. Thank you. I can't see for crying out loud. And then the most traumatic thing I remember as a kid was that fateful year we've all spent it right where you find out you're too damn old. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to give it up, though. You're going one more year. You remember that year? Yeah. The Casper the Ghost costume was a little too small. It's riding up your knee. You know, the one you got in Woolworths, the one you look like a complete moron. You're walking around the neighborhood, you know, trick-or-treat, Mrs. Simpson, and then she's just looking. No, I'm sorry, you don't get no candy. Trick-or-treat, sorry, no. Put the, put the milk duds in the bag, bitch! <laughs> put them in the bag! Hey, it was traumatic for any 29-year-old, but I got over it. This is Stanley Pikachu mind you, popcorn balls are good food. And now back to Jim Crenn, No Restrictions with Todd DeFazio. On the show today, I'm excited. I got my buddy. He's nice enough to, to uh, stop in. He's one of the busiest people in the world. Uh, he's one of the best uh, magicians in the country who happens to live in Pittsburgh, which is great. My buddy Lee Trebozik on the show today. Hey, yes, Lee, how are buddy. you? Hey, thanks Good for having see me. You, buddy. Also, gotta give, we got to give a shout out to our, our intern here. This is Andrew. Andrew, the intern. What's great? Hey, Drew. How are we doing? We got Nick, our new intern, honorary intern, right? Yeah. You're in. You're in the club now. Nick's in the club, of course, right, Todd? Yeah. And, of course, my sidekick and partner in crime here, Todd DeFazio. But uh, uh, Lee, back to Lee, who is, uh, has a show that you would not believe, 52 Up Close, Hotel Monaco, which I always call Club Monaco. I know, right? For some reason, I don't that's know why. A, that's a brand of clothing, actually. I think it's what it is. <laughs> 
Yeah, something, huh? It is, yeah. It's, it, sounds, it sounds like somewhere James Bond would hang out. Yeah. I don't know. In Lee, Trebozik. I have a Bond Club Monaco shirt. But ho- I've yeah. been there to a Hotel Monaco shirt, and i got to tell you, it is a cool, cool, not the show. The show's fantastic, as I already know. It's tremendous. But the, the actual hotel's cool, huh? Very cool. Yeah, I love that art, hotel. It's man. the old Duquesne Light Building. Is that what it's, it is? It's an Art Deco building. It's so just it's got this very vibe. very ornate and... Yeah, it's very cool and hip and artsy. A little it's artsy. Intimate show, but very, I love very artsy. Very artsy. You want to get your artsy out of it. Get your art in. <laughs> get your wife or girlfriend get artsy that shit. Very artsy. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's fascinating, Matt. Magic fascinates me, man. I mean, do you love close-up more than actually doing the bigger tricks? I do. Yeah, I, I, when I got into magic as a 10-year-old kid, I, I fell into close-up magic first. Actually, I got into magic when I was 9. Out by 10. Out by 10. And that's usually how it goes, though. That's how it usually goes with kids. You know, they they, they discover sports or girls, and, and, and immediately they're in another direction, and, and magic's lost. And they just have this magic kit that they haven't looked at in 20 years sitting in their so, basement. So Lee gets his magic kit at 10, and you go with it. I Well, I, got a, I saw a magician at 10, okay. and I was fascinated by it so i begged my parents i said i want to i want to be a magician you know and, and of course they're seeing it just as a phase like right. as every parent kind of does you know he'll be because i i was already playing soccer right. and black basketball and it was just like another thing for for the, my parents to truck me around the do half the 10 year old yeah doing magic no. so <laughs> not many out there so i i i asked i said i want to be a magician so they their answer to this question was let's take them to the carnegie library and and we're going to check out magic books yeah. And they're gonna make me read them, right. and they thought this was gonna be a punishment. You know, like, oh, you're gonna make him read his <laughs> read books. Like, he said, this is how it works. We'll punish the magic out of him. <laughs> yeah. So I I got these. I got to the Your Carnegie. Your son of man's gonna be a magician. <laughs> they, but I got these books from Carnegie Library, and 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 I was off. I I didn't look back. I was the kid underneath the, the blankets at night with the, the flashlight reading reading. You know, sleight so of hand. I was obsessed. Yeah, I became obsessed for that summer, and it just never left. Were you I started at the point performing. where I remember when I was a kid, seventeen years old. 18 years old, 18 years old, I graduated from high school, I was at a, a graduation party, and there was a, a young man, 18, 19, whatever, same age, and Paul Gertner, yeah. magician, one of the best, the best in the world, probably, probably close best. up, but uh, he's from Pittsburgh, and Paul, I don't know this, he's a magician, I, what do you do? He goes, I do, I do magic, he looks at me, he goes, what do you do? I go, I'm a comedian, now mm-hmm. we're 17, you know, we don't flinch. Yeah. Said, what do you want to do for your life? And he goes, I'm going to be a magician, man. Yep. I go, I'm going to be a comedian, man. So we became friends. But anyway, we became friends from there and worked together a lot early days. And But Paul spent eight to ten hours a day in his home, just in his apartment, practicing magic. And, yep. and I mean, that's what his neighbors thought he was a drug dealer. He used to joke <laughs> about because he'd never leave the yeah. place. But he, but that's how – did you follow that same path as far as doing yeah. 10 hours a day, oh 8 hours God, a day in yeah. the room? I would spend hours and hours and hours learning shuffles and cuts. and all The sleight of hand that I do, it, you know, it, it, to, to, to get it to those levels, it, I mean, it takes the dexterity and, you know, muscle memory to learn these things and put them together. You know, it's, it's – it's, I can't even put in the words. I'm a, it, probably thousands and thousands of hours just to learn one type of shuffle. No, we be, yeah. fast forward uh, about a year or two later. Paul and I got our first gig together at the Candle Glow Inn in Millville. Oh yeah, and we got fifteen dollars each. <laughs> we were crushing back then. When we were roll, we made it rain uh, in money. Fifteen each. Uh, what did? What was your first gig? Where you, you remember your, where my it was? First gig was you know, first well, paid gig where you felt first, like a real pro. I felt like a real pro, that night. pro gig. 
So I had done a couple birthday parties and whatnot, but my first real program that kind of like kind of changed the course of my career was I walked into a pizza hut in Lincoln Place. It's where That's I grew big. up. And that the, was my goal. To work, still my goal, actually, to work pizza. Hut, work yeah. pizza, hut, baby. That's my goal. That was, but that was awesome because they, I was doing magic tricks. We were, me and my friends were getting ready to go bowling, which is bowling alleys across the street. So we sat down, we're eating pizza, and I'm doing a couple card tricks for my friends. And the, the waitress came over and she said, "Are you a magician?" And I said, "Yes." And I did, I did some, I did a trick for her. And, and and then she said, "Hey, she came back to the table and said, hey, she goes, do you want to work here?'" You made her tip disappear, kidding? No, but you really. She so offered she, me a job. Booked you there? She booked me, and wow. but I thought she was booking me to like make pizzas. Right. I didn't know she wanted me to That's actually do magic. <laughs> but the gig was this. She goes, oh, "You can come in here every Tuesday night." Do magic for you know it's all that's kids night walk around do magic he go and she she said we'll pay you 50 bucks and which we'll, is a ton of money which is a ton of money when you, i'm sorry you I, I was 13. so you're 13 years old yeah making 50 bucks which is a lot and of I, video and, game and money. all the pizza i could eat free pizza every night that's kind of heaven so oh actually i, I take that deal right now I I, all too. i cared about was the pizza <laughs> right like i so I every Tuesday night I would go down to the Pizza Hut. My mom went well, before I was you know up until I was sixteen. She'd have to drive me down, and I would I would go do my gig for two hours. I walk out with fifty bucks and a full stomach of pizza. So you're thinking, hey, this is life, man. This is awesome. And 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 at the time, you know, putting two hundred dollars a month in my pocket enabled me to buy more magic tricks and, and enabled me to like further the buy more books and you know and find right, different stuff right. to use in my act. And, and the act started to grow. And I went from doing, you know, I would pass out a little. How old uh, when you started to really get like moving on the road a little bit? Were you 19, that, 20? That was probably forward, seven, like, years? I probably started doing road gigs right around in, like 20 years old. Uh, probably like a first year of college because I remember doing performing at a couple colleges when I was in college. So it was like performing for my peers in a way. Uh, which was kind of like intimidating at first, but I, I found out that was like the I loved performing in the college market. Were you aware of the the money and the make it? Because I I wasn't like doing st stand up when the comedy club started booming. So I didn't you know I was driving. Next thing you know, two years I'm flying, mm -hmm. yeah. headlining. Yeah, when, not, but I'm not aware of it until you look back at it. That, you know, the, I wow, had well, I had great guidance quick. though. I had happen? Paul. I had Paul Gertner as my mentor, which was he cool. That, that's the funny thing I want to bring in. Yeah, Lee actually meets my buddy Paul Gertner as time Paul, goes on. I met Paul on Southside mm -hmm. the night you oh, you introduced him at Ten Fingers, right mm -hmm. down the street from here at yeah. the. Uh, City the Theater. theater yeah. mm -hmm. I was in the audience that night because my godmother dated Paul Gertner in high school. Isn't that so funny, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I, so, yeah, it's a So when she Small saw world. my interest in, in, in magic, she said, oh, my God, I, I dated this magician. He's doing a show. She said, I want to take you to it. I see you, you know, introducing Paul, right? And then after, after the show, I go up and I meet Paul for the first time. And obviously, he's, like, blown away because my godmother is someone he dated and right. hasn't seen her Old in 20 friend, years. So. Know? But she said, Paul, if you, if, if, you know, if you can, if, you know, if you could teach Lee a couple, couple tidbits of, you know, some tricks or some, yeah. some, give him some guidance. And he did. I would go to his office every, every six months because my, my dentist at the time was in Aetna. And that's where he had his office, if you yeah, remember. I do remember. And I would go, to, I would go and I would stop in and I would see Paul. And every six months he'd go, hey, like he would show me a couple things and say, hey, or he gave me his book. And he said, "Come back when you can do a couple of these tricks out of this, you know, out to, of the book." To give people depth of Paul Gertner, this is a man who did the Johnny Carson hosted yes. Tonight Show. He was on Carson three several, times. Yeah, yeah, but three times, and, and he was winner of so many awards. Oh, he won and, and Fism, whatever. And it's all yeah, IBM. The, yeah. I'm legitimately like a god the in best, magic still yeah, till this he's, day. Yeah, he's considered just a want champion to give the of, of the, magic out there to know how big he was or is yes. right now. So it was crazy that he was willing to even, you know, take, take the time, time and, and then over over time we perform we, we create you know, I, I formed an incredible relationship with him. He he became my best friend in magic 
as my mentor and you know I've, I've gone on the road with him around the country i've helped him produce shows in new york uh actually the show that he you know i helped him produce in new york the next day me him and another magician from new york we went and we found houdini's grave in in, in that, queens and that led to me well, me creating houdini 100 the funny thing is we were at uh lee was not, uh, just got his, a new condo and he invited paula and i over yeah. to prison it and we went over there and had a little drink there. We're, we're bringing out this magic book and a uh-huh. trick, and, and we were pointing at that trick. And and uh, I know you Lee was looking for like a, a big trick to do, and we all were talking about that. And that kind of was in the back of your mind, I'm sure, for a while. We just said, "Hey, that would be." And we looked and saw the date. And yep. the date was November. coming up a year. Well, no, that, that, or so when we close, met, right? when we no, yeah. actually, when we did that, so he gave me. I went to see Houdini's grave, and that was May of 2010. Okay. And that's when he gave me the book, the same day, okay. when we got back to Pittsburgh. Oh, the book I saw in your the condo. The book that you okay. saw the, with the, the black and white photo right. of Houdini, Houdini hanging upside hanging down in now. downtown Pittsburgh. So it was probably, I think, maybe a year later when I had you guys over. Okay. Or maybe six months. So okay. it, was, it was a while ago. A while ago. And we then, talk, oh, okay. I can't remember and then I had said, like, you know, I still have, like, three or four years before to, we put, hit it, yeah. to put to, to before the date would, uh, you For know. The, the anniversary. The anniversary of that 100 year. Yeah. And so, and over the course of that time... You know, obviously telling you about it, talking to Paul about it, and then starting to get, you know, get all these build things, that up. Build, build the, I, I want to say, the pieces of the puzzle to create that. To give the listeners a, an idea with this, this is Houdini uh, uh, did a trick in Pittsburgh uh, many, 100 years ago uh, to the day that Lee did the trick, which is uh, on a crane. <clears throat> well, so when Houdini did it, he did it off the building, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette building. He did it hide, or hanging off the building, uh, and on it was on November 6, nineteen sixteen, at the corner of Wood Street and Liberty Avenue, hanging so that, off the building. That was the photo. Upside down gets out of a straitjacket. So Lee, take it away. You you did yours. So years I later. I looked at that photo and I wanted to replicate that exact idea for mm-hmm. Pittsburghers of today. Give the Pittsburghers of today the same feeling that Pittsburghers of two. 1916 got the witness when they watched Houdini perform it. So I put together Houdini 100 and I announced it 100 days out from the November 6th. And then, you know, but it was a giant, you know, production you know, puzzle to put together. Well, I, it was a huge problem. You're stopping traffic. It's, it's, it was blocking downtown. roads. We had thousands and thousands of people. Five show up thousand, over 5,000 people showed up, over 165,000 or something like that online. It was pretty phenomenal. But I, I, have, I was there, obviously. Uh, I'm watching you up there upside down and. How dangerous is it? Oh my god, very dangerous. There's there's a lot of things, a lot that of things can go, go wrong. wrong, right? Um, you're putting your life in you know a crane and a crane operator's hands. I was down there ready to catch you. I brought my. Uh, well, I uh, brought Franco Harris for that. <laughs> Franco was there for a catch, but I also <laughs> had my baseball mitt. Uh, you had the me. baseball mitt. I had a baseball mitt to catch Lee in case Franco, you know, in case I waved him off. Yeah, I told <laughs> Franco that ahead of time. I said, look, if if I if it's in my angle, I'm waving you off, Franco. <laughs> and he said, no problem, Jimmy. <laughs> so luckily we didn't have to do that, though. But I, I couldn't believe it. Now, the straitjacket, it's a legit straight. Where, do you get, where, do, where does one get a straitjacket? So I got my <laughs> first go one straight. from a mail-order company when I was 16. Wait, there's a mail-order company? That's Back then, yeah. There, I, for, I had a, there was a company oh out of uh, California that okay. would manufacture them or ha- you know, had some. And yeah. so I, I had asked for, you know, I asked my mom, I said, hey, can, can you order this for me? And they, you know, they shipped it over. And then I more or less, first time I got it, I had my parents put me in it. And I rolled around my living room floor for an hour trying to get out of it. 
And then I once I got out of it, because there's a, there's that a, there's, the there's a series of moves That's that you have to know. You might go to the movies. They put you in a straitjacket and leave for the movie. <laughs> yeah. So there's a series of moves you have to understand with when you're performing it. And, and as I would get out of it, I would you know get quicker and quicker and quicker. And then eventually that routine made it way made its way into my stage act. I would are close you, my you, shows with it. Are you throwing your shoulders out of like? N- that's you, the Mel Gibson version. You're, you're, you're you not, don't have to dislocate anything. I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. Because that, that's what it looks like you're doing almost. You see the movement. Like you're, yeah. so you're not doing anything like that. You're, you're trying. I mean, you're, you, when you're in the jacket, you, obviously you're confined. In, but the level, the amount of slack that you have yeah. is very minimal. But even though it's very, very minimal, you can make it work to your advantage. And there's a way to maneuver, you, knowing the method of, of, of how to escape, you can, in time, you can get out of it and you can, you can, and with practice, you can get faster and faster and faster. So I then started to add it to my stand-up routine, my comedy magic show. It would, it would be one of my closers. And I, but I would always be doing it on two feet, you know, having that leverage to be able to get out of the jacket. To, mm-hmm. to maneuver. So, but when you're hanging upside down, 100 feet up, and blood's rushing to your head, it's it's a different can of worms. You could pass out. So, well, there's a very very you know high chance of you blacking out. When Chris Angel did it. He he blacked out once uh, performing, he injured himself. Uh, but when you're hanging up there in front of thousands and thousands of people, having that happen would have been catastrophic. <laughs> Let so, alone we so would have been joking about that. With I would I would have been hearing that from Pittsburgh. As oh first yeah, of all. it would have been, wa- so been awesome. So I in couldn't a way, screw but, this. You know, thank God you didn't. There was no. I couldn't <laughs> screw this up. So what I did was for about. I don't know. I think it was like maybe eight months. I was in an inversion table, so I had an inversion table in my home where I would go in. So one of those you hang- walk in, you were like a bat. I was like a bat in my house. Hanging no, I really down. was. There's and ladies the, up and the down. First time I, you know, the reason why I was doing this because I was uh, trying to readjust the blood in my in my body, right? So that when I'm hanging upside down, I. I, I so can, you just watch TV? Is it like I would, TV? I, I, would, I, would, I watch TV. I would. I would be on my phone. I would emails. I would do. I would call. I, I would text. I would watch television upside down. Yes, I would read books. I was a bat in my house wow. every couple days. To, and I, every time I would do it, I would add like another <laughs> 15 seconds or another 30 seconds. And eventually, over the course of those so many months, I built my time up to over 20 some minutes. So I could hang upside down for 20, 20 minutes, and get up get and be in feel completely fine so i i knew when i performed it that day on november 6th i was the, the, the routine was going to take a r- roughly about 10 minutes and it did it took around 10 minutes right. and like 20 seconds but you knew you could no chance so i knew that. i was double that so i didn't want to have that you know weighing in the back of my head that i was rush, rushing against time i wanted to feel very comfortable when i was doing it because at the same time you're you're hanging upside down in front of thousands of people right. 100 feet upside you know and you're trying to do all the same moves that i do on the ground but i don't have you know they don't have ground. that leverage the, the thing with tricks like that, when you're that dangerous, take that kind of training. We go back to Blaine with the, 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 the bullet, bullet thing yeah. and all that. For magicians in your head, after you do that trick, there's a certain rush. And, and as any entertainer, we always want to push, try to take little chances. Uh, it's a lot easier being a comedian impressionist that's just trying a new voice and it doesn't work. You're mm-hmm. safe. You're live. Yeah. For you, <laughs> for magician, are you always looking for something <clears throat> that's almost a little more dangerous? I do, yeah. And I'm already thinking about the next version I'm going to do with the, the stunt. And I'm already working on it right now. And really? It will likely be happening in 2020. Are you back to the upside down <laughs> thing again? What's that? You practicing upside down yet? So I'll, I'll institute that about a year out. 
Oh, house. I was gonna say you gotta let me do. It. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go. I have it. I, I have it. See how long I can stay upside down. It's still in my house. <laughs> I, still I, pass ha- out. I still have the inversion table, but I probably <clears throat> won't be jumping back into that on a regular basis until we have to drink six, summer of 2019. Six Iron Cities, and then we do it. Oh God, that would be really. Let's bad. do it. <laughs> Let's see if we can make it. We'll video it. Todd, you can do yeah. it. Yeah, I'll do it. Six, uh, six pack and then hang upside six pack, out. You and Todd, six pack. <laughs> That's the ultimate Flip dizzy bat right there. Six pack challenge. Yeah. The six pack challenge. That's our new thing. Drink six beers and then get an inversion table. I don't know if that's invented here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you and I have talked about this, but uh, we are. I've had opportunities in radio to leave a few times. You know, once you get some ratings and stall people courting you and things, and I've all had an opportunity to leave to do stand up. But I've always w- didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do that. I love living here. I love, you know, work in LA more now every couple months, but I love living here. And even if anything happened nationally, I still would live here. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you are the same philosophy. Same philosophy, yeah. I've gotten a tour around the country, and I spent lots and lots of times on the road and in hotels. And But at the end of the day, I, I made a decision that I wanted to be here. There's I wanted, something about Yeah, the I city. wanted to live here and hang out here and be able to... Not you know be able to go to Steeler games and Penguin games and but when you're when you're an entertainer and you, and you work the road you miss that stuff constantly and so that that was always the the biggest hurt or the biggest annoyance to the to the career even though when you're a young entertainer like doing the road and you know and doing that you know that's part of it and yeah. that's how that's how you make you have the to living do it to, to learn the craft so I wanted I wanted to switch that and then a couple of years ago uh, I decided that I wanted to create my own hometown show mm-hmm. have my own residency in Pittsburgh. So I more or less started, told my agent, I said, don't book me on the road as much. And I want to, you know, because uh, I was working on just staying here more and just working on working on my hometown show. And and that's essentially what I, I you know, I did. So and that's how we had, came with the show that you have mm-hmm. right now and selling out every week. And that's cool. I remember you coming up with that concept and you're one of those guys who come up with concepts and you follow through and do it. Uh, a lot of people could don't do that. But yeah, yeah, that's the coolest thing, man. It's, it's about I think it's because it's community. Uh, you know, people here are loyal. Mm hmm. And uh, it, it's amazing. It's oh. fantastic having that loyalty, yeah, isn't Pittsburgh, it? I'm, so, I'm amazed the support that Pittsburghers bring out to yeah, the show. That's what the, the people listening know yep. that. I, that's I can't. I appreciate them so much, and, and I know you do too. That mm-hmm. that loyalty. It's an amazing connection here in this city, man. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why I'm glad I made the right decision. Absolutely made the right decision mm-hmm. staying here, man. You know, all the way, yeah. all the way. And my mine kind of came about from watching guys like you know the Chris Angels and the David Copperfields and the Penn and Tellers because they were performing they're doing their residencies in, in casinos in Las Vegas but at the end of the day I always looked at a casino as just it's just a hotel you gamble at was well, transient yeah. yeah and so There's neighborhoods I, here and yeah. I was and I'm thinking well why can't a magic show work here at a hotel in Pittsburgh and so I went in, into that with that kind of that mentality and when I was ready to pro- you know produce the show here you know, I brought it to Hotel Monaco, and we've had a great relationship, and it has gone very, very well. So, I can't, I can't wait to see it again. I've already seen it. It's fantastic. You get a chance. Tell people how they get tickets. So you can get tickets at uh, com. You can always go to com or find you know find me on social media. I'm always mm-hmm. posting about upcoming uh, weekends and shows, and so you can get tickets there. It, I know it's a. a certain months you're running the show it's it's going on now how long is it going to go for a while can people get tickets so, now for yeah, a while it's a residency uh, it'll be there through the res- down through sometime the, right uh i have a few weeks that are you know that i have blacked out over the course of the summer just because i have other yeah you're on the road I, a little I still, bit here I still and there have a few Keeping, you know shows here and there that others, I, I, had a, yeah. I have blocked out the show but mm-hmm. 
Other than that, yeah, I'm uh, I'm there. I'm also on uh, Pittsburgh Today Live once a month. Last month, the other month, it's Monday Magic. I go on and do always do a, a spot on television, uh, and then I'll sometimes I you know drop do some radio here and there, but. For the most part, uh, keeping it very Pittsburgh. You're the man. Thank a national, but a national act choosing to live here. I love that, Lee. You're the greatest. But thanks for doing the show, buddy. My pleasure, buddy. Thanks we, for having me. It's time to go back in time. All right, let's see here. Anger says the dictionary is a feeling of extreme hostility, whereas angst says the dictionary is a feeling of anxiety. So you have hostility versus anxiety, and that's basically the difference between anger and, and anger. Hello, Scott. Hello. It's me, man, Ralph. Oh, Ralph the cat. Yeah, I mean, Jim's Hi. cat. Hi, Ralph. Where is he holding your catnip, man? Did he ever say anything to you? What's that? Where he's having holding like the catnip, man? He has told me, but real, I'm not allowed to tell low, you where you know, the catnip is. He's a little bit in a sock, man, yeah. but there's... It's Ralph, somewhere. And he, he says, says you have a problem with your catnip, Ralph. <laughs> it's a problem, man. It's not a problem, man. It's a situation, it's okay? A situation. Old men like you don't understand, kind of okay? I heard yeah. you talking on the radio, old man. What's that? About angst and anger. Uh, yeah, I don't think you understand my generation, your do generation. you? You're a yes. cat, Ralph. How I know. old are you, by the way? I'm three. Which would be... 21, 21. in your years, yeah. man. Yeah, old right. man. Old man, it's right. Tell me the difference Ralph. That between mean that I don't understand angst and angst anger, and man. Anger. Yeah. Explain if you would. Well, well, let me just tell you, anger, man, is when the ball of yarn like rolls under the sofa. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm just like hitting you with my paw, but I can't get it. That's anger. Yeah, you understand anger. what I mean? Now, Ang- how about angst? Angst is when like. Your balls are cut off, man. <laughs> you come to on the table, yeah. and they look at you and go, we fixed you, man. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you fixed me. Fixed me pretty damn good, That's man. I got angst thank now, you, you know what I'm saying? Thank you for explaining that to me, Ralph. <laughs> I appreciate that. you did to me, that. man. That's a good of you to call. And now back to Jim Crenn, No Restrictions with Todd DeFazio. I don't know where your political leanings are, and I, I don't care, but I will tell you this. This is one of the most genuine, kind-hearted human beings I've ever met in my life. Mayor Bill Peduto. Bill, this is a friend. As mayor, you're a great mayor also. I'm a fan, as you know. But as a friend, you are. You are that guy. You're the real deal. I'm excited that you're our mayor because I know you're the real deal. And you have to be excited because you work so darn hard to get there, right. to become mayor. And I got let go at, uh, at the radio station. I had uh, my first... Uh, First couple people that ever reached out to see if I was right was uh, one was this guy right here, mm-hmm. was, uh, our mayor, um, is my friend. Great. But, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll yeah. never forget that. But that's what that's what we grew up in this area. And I say Pittsburgh, or, you know, city and try. There's something about Pittsburghers, and, and you know, you're that's why you represent that to me. That's why I mean, you, you're with me through thick and through thin. I was I was under the bed, you know, <laughs> curled a ball, mm-hmm. and I got Bill Peduto. Uh, being, I don't know if it was an inauguration, whatever the speech was, it was one of your first speeches, and it stuck with me, and I bring it back a lot to people now as the city is flourishing, which you deserve a lot of the credit for the growth of this city. You do. I know there's a lot of people involved, but you were that core, I believe, that started this going. And I remember what you said. You said something to the effect of, we're not, you're, you may be in the past, I don't know if you said, uh, but, but in the past maybe cities. Like Pittsburgh, we strive to be like a, a New York or try to get bigger or better or whatever. You said, we're going to, my goal, you said, was to make Pittsburgh a buzz city. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a city like, a, uh, I was thinking of Portland and think, when you said buzz city. And I think you may have mentioned Portland in that thing. But, but, but I, it hit a nerve with me because I thought, 
oh my God, you know, that, that, that's perfect. That that's what they, we could be Portland or whatever. Yeah. Why are we trying, did, instead of trying to be something else, make who we are bigger, better, and greater to be a buzz city. As I'm watching everything going on now, all this growth, I look back and go back to those years ago when you said that first speech of Buzz City, you have to be really excited that it's happening. It is. I mean, saying it's one thing, doing it's another. You're doing so there's there's certain moments that you get when you go like, I got him, the mayor. You know, it's sort of <laughs> yeah. like it just it happens. And um, today was one of them. I was at Max's over on the north side okay. with uh, Mayor Murphy and a few other north side community leaders. Okay. And... Um, you know, you have to get the Braunschweiger when you're there, right? Got to get it. I, yeah, so, yeah. I lived on Schoolhouse, so I, I, yeah. I know I'm into But that. anyways, <laughs> I, he was the one who actually brought that up. He was the one who said that my, he said there's world-class cities, Paris, New York, Tokyo. Pittsburgh's never going to be one of those. Yeah. He said there's national cities, um, Dallas, Atlanta. He said, eventually, maybe Pittsburgh will get back yeah. to being that. We were mm-hmm. a right. national city. He goes, there's regional cities, the Pittsburghs, your Buffaloes, your Clevelands. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. He said, your job is to get us to the buzz city. It's that next step to being a national city. And I think in a way that we have gotten there. Now, it was very fortunate that Carnegie Mellon decided to create a program in robotics in 1979. Yes. That right. was a core yeah. for right. us. And that helped to lead Uber to come here, which then became an international story of driverless cars, innovation in Pittsburgh. Whereas 10 years ago, the joke was where you wanted to be when the earth ended was Pittsburgh because we were 20 <laughs> years behind. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My buddy used to tell me in L.A. a lot. Yeah. They don't tell, say that anymore. They don't say no. it anymore. You know what? Getting to that point, it's funny. I had my friends in from Los Angeles. There was the bike lanes. Yeah. You get some criticism for the bike lanes you hear. Just a probably, little. But, but, just a little <laughs> bit. But you know what? I, I got it. I got it, believe it or not, what, was, what, you, what this is all about. It isn't because you're a biker. It isn't because maybe, maybe I'm speaking out there. It's not for the bikers, really. In a weird way, it's not for the bikers. I'll tell you why. I was having a lunch with these buddies from L.A. Because I got maybe a couple months to do shows. So they were in town. We're having lunch, and it was by the convention center outside. And they go, wow, your city's really cool, Jim. I was all proud, and they're going, yeah, man, you got bike lanes, and they started naming other, but the bike lanes were in the conversation, what they mentioned, okay? And I'm thinking, and I, I mentioned, hey, oh, you guys bikers? They're like, they're like no, why? So, no, right. so, so it connected <laughs> the thoughts. I'm thinking, I get it. I get yeah. it. It's part of the image you gave. Right. It makes us look younger. It made yeah. us look something hipper. Something about it worked. I, that, that, am and I right? It fit, so it was the, one of the biggest complaints we get is um, – the city's not built for bikes. We got hills and bridges <laughs> yeah. and rivers and winter. You know, it's like <laughs> have it somewhere else. And but the fact is, is this city's crazy double black diamond road system of non-grid everything else is much more like Europe than almost any other city in the United States. Sure. And when people are in our downtown or in our neighborhoods, they say, "I kind of feel like I'm in Europe." <laughs> the bikes add another dimension to that, that, that characteristic of it. Right. And yes, it, it may not be for me or my friends. For me. But it but is cool. for the 20-somethings. It is for those tech firms that are looking to locate here. It is for those that are there. And we're not taking away from people who drive in an automobile. What we're doing is making the roads for everyone. So whether you use a bus, whether you use a wheelchair, 
whether you walk, ride a bike, or drive a car, you we're got trying to make the city there for all. What I was, well, I got to say, I was, I was had my chest out. It's like, yeah. yeah, pretty cool, huh? You wake right in my body. So yeah, we got bike. <laughs> but I'm just saying, Penn Ave is hopping. It is hopping, isn't it's it? It's incredible. It's like Tuesday night. You it's go fantastic. Down to Penn Avenue, and it's busy. And yeah, I remember back in the day, I uh, worked for Lieutenant Governor Mark Single, and he used to always stay in that uh, hotel that's right down by the convention center. Yeah, it, you know, changes names changes, every, yeah, week. every week. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he said. Um, you know, downtown Pittsburgh is so dead at night. And they're like, I know, you know, that's just the way that it is. Right. You know, we don't have an, any entertainment or anything with it. he's, he said, you know, even the prostitutes, they look like men. <laughs> 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 and, even rough on them. And I said, governor, that's because uh, they are. That's because they are. <laughs> Even better comeback. <laughs> you, know, you know, you also, you've been, ha- been having a lot of fun as mayor. And one of the things that's fun, and Todd is a huge undercover boss fan of the show. Yes. He has been chomping at the bit to talk yes. about that show. Right. It's okay, Todd. Uh, I'm going to let out all the trade secrets. <laughs> yeah, so, so, first of all, my first question is, um, well, I'll do a comment first. I think it brought such a cool, it made Pittsburgh look so cool and so different, it, it portrayed Pittsburgh in such a nice, younger, hipper way. Yep. And, and um, you know, I, I commend you on that. But how did, out of all the cities in the country, how did you get picked for that? <laughs> well, number one, uh, the reason, part of the reason that it made Pittsburgh look really well was we worked with Visit Pittsburgh. And so any of the scenes that they would show as like the bumpers coming mm-hmm. in or going yeah. out uh, were all professionally shot by Pittsburgher video so we didn't chance that there would be a rainy day and they're showing like uh, a bus stalled out on the side of the road (laughs) you know right right. (laughs) so so you saw like uh, geese and stuff and yeah it's like downtown swans yeah swans such a great portrayal and so that was all the stuff you did was was great but um so they contacted about 20 mayors and what they said was they went on youtube and they just looked around for people that uh, had some sort of a presence. Yeah. Okay. And Character. then they um, came in. And, no, I'm sorry. They phoned, interviewed us. And then they narrowed it down to five. And they came in and they interviewed us on camera. Okay. And then they took it back to California and they selected from that. Wow. And I don't even know who the other mayors were. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't as cool as you because you no, made it, right? It was uh, it was kind of fun. They you know they came in to shoot the first day uh, in the office, um, and the one thing that I remember was I was telling them all the stories about how this room's over a hundred years old and this and that, and the one person said, "I never saw so many orbs." Uh, oh, wow. when I would did the, the and it's because oh. I was saying, you know, at night, sometimes like the these lights would turn off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, I'm happy I did it, but I would never do it again. Yeah. No, that was once is enough. Right. For a show like that. It was <laughs> kind of eight fun, days. They had tiring. me living out at the, uh, what is that? The double tree now in green tree yeah. off the parkway. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to see my girlfriend. I wasn't allowed to see my oh, wow. family. Um, for no apparent reason. That must yeah. have been hysterical that people <laughs> running into you out there. No, I wasn't allowed they, out of oh, my room. You're kidding. No. I finally, uh, like, the strange. last day, I'm there, like, 
screw this. I'm going down to the bar. <laughs> and I went down to the bar and sat there. And there were people like, is that the mayor? And I'm just like, no. Nah. Just, but um, so what they ended up doing is they, they, they block you away. Uh, you get up every morning at five in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and then you walk across the hall and you do two hours of makeup. Yeah, I was gonna. That was one of my questions. So two hours of makeup. Two hours to get every one of those hairs on my beard yeah. was individually put on my head. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you did look quite like quite a character in that, that show. Huh? It was interesting. There's How some they could photos I have where I was doing Jerry Garcia with it. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what? I've got. I'll show you some later that there's some good shots. It's pretty amazing, man. Was there I, I, anything that? Didn't make TV that was memorable to you? Oh, there was an entire day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I went through the south side on Carson Street handing out parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. I had that... one guy, a, a Vietnam vet, cursing me out. <laughs> and I'm, like, thanking him for his service oh. <laughs> and giving him a ticket. And, um, yeah. So it, I think you should do the show again. That's... <laughs> that's too fun. It sounded like it'd been fun. Had I was fun. with uh, a guy I know, and he didn't know who I was. He You're he kind of he said that I looked like the mayor or something like that, <laughs> and that he didn't like call me out on it. And they were really good at saying, "Oh, everybody has somebody they look like," you know. And so, um, but um, what a strange experience it must he, be. He as he was giving out the tickets, there was this attractive woman. And she came and was like, no, 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 I just, you know, and he said, okay. And I'm, just, I'm just like going, so, you know, the, my Ed Chadwick uh, fake Kentucky accent, yeah, which yeah. <laughs> embarrassed the people of Kentucky. It was like, so I can't even do it. <laughs> no, you got it. The, 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 the pretty ladies don't get the tickets. Is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> so, That's too, yeah. too much. Yep. Too much. So that didn't make it. Um, boy, there was, um, a couple of the scenes, especially on the reveal day. Yeah. Uh, some of the stories that were being told about personal stories with, uh, those folks that was just almost heart wrenching. Really? Yeah. Just almost, almost too emotional even mm -hmm. to, for to air. Yeah. Wow. So when they do that, they fly in a psychologist from New York because a lot of people have a hard time yeah. going through the reveal like that they have been part of a deception. Oh, really? And then others have a hard time with now they've received all this great help. Yeah. And some people just can't make that whole. It's overwhelming. Yeah. So they, they immediately after they leave that little filming part, they take them to a room with the psychologist. Do you understand what's happening? Do you understand what this, you know, and right. they, they talk yeah. them through it. It was such a uh, such a cool thing to witness. Uh, I, I was a big fan. I, I'm a fan of the show, but then that made me a a, a Mayor Perdido fan for sure. Just I've only cool. seen it twice. <laughs> I saw it the night it aired, um, and then I was at my little watering hole, uh, Cappy's, about a month ago, and it came on around nine o'clock. So oh, we so just turned on the volume, and we all sat and watched it. So. <laughs> It was after I saw it the first time. It was sort of it's embarrassing sometimes, you know, watching to watch yourself. yourself. Right. It's but you know what? It ended up being a great thing, I think, because I, I mean, I got great reviews from people that talked about it. I mean, it ended up being a real nice, positive thing for you, I think. I in a sense, it airs around the world. Yeah. And whenever it airs, I get uh, emails. They come into the city's website, and uh, you can just tell what country it is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear. I, I'm assuming it's in English, but you know, I'd love to hear my like 
Swedish voice. I do want to hear your <laughs> Swedish voice. <laughs> that you know? would be funny. Yeah. No, it's the ladies. I don't. I know how. I don't can't do Swedish accent. My God, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. You know, it's funny. Uh, get back to some of the stuff you're doing in the city. Uh, I'm excited. A kid who grew up in the Strip District and then watching all this growth. Uh, like when you start seeing things like what you're doing in you know East Liberty and also in Amazon may come into town. Uh, can you give me kiss any insight on Amazon? People are always asking me or talking to me, hey, Jimmy, hear anything about Amazon? Think, yeah. What is the latest on Amazon? Two things about it. Number one, because you know I, I take the whole transparent, open government thing yeah. very, very seriously, yeah. and not being able to release this is very difficult because right. I'm proud of what we submitted. And it does address issues such as affordable housing and transportation and all the others, how right. we can improve all of that by Amazon being here. Yeah. But at the same time, there's 19 other cities that we're in competition with. And if we open up our proposal and they don't open theirs, it would put us at a disadvantage. Right. Because so, they can adjust. Yeah. The moment that Amazon makes their decision, I just want to release it and show folks and say, look. This is what we were doing, and it, this is how we would have been able to approach it. So that's that's the one thing. Their their process is very uh, guarded by them. Not so they came into town. They were here for twenty four hours. They wanted to see certain things. They wanted certain information, and they wanted very little interaction. Huh. And we have believed that they had been here prior to that. Uh, and they'll be here sometime in the future. So they're the like road. aliens. They're right? just hiding. Yeah. It could be anywhere. Right. Hey, it could be anywhere. Yeah. My interns could be in Amazon. We don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know you guys that well. <laughs> <laughs> Your Uber driver. When, 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 when they come in, I'd like I, I'd like to be the tour guide, Bill. If it's all right, I could take them around. I, you know, give them some inside They stuff. don't want any of that. You say, hey, you got So it, they just, <laughs> they have their own their Team, own little their, thing their own little thing they're so. mysterious people you see the yeah. mysterious people it's amazon watch out yep that's good uh, well you know it, it, they're not the only thing mean, they're great we want them and all but that's some of the other things are some of the other developments and companies that are coming how do you how does a mayor how do you go about doing that do, or do you recruit these companies or these companies Sometimes. come to you so i've been to silicon valley probably three times in the past year okay and meeting with companies that are out there that have an interest in pittsburgh or um, I met with a few different um, uh, autonomous vehicle companies to try and get them to put their toe in the water. You know, is that how you do things? You're kind of recruiting in a way, right? the, getting, on a small level, right? Uh, in a good way, but yeah, and more so, we are uh, we've created basically a Delta team so that when a company is interested in Pittsburgh, we can provide them with everything that they may want, all the information that they may need. And then also the personal services they're looking for from government. So um, recently, we were able to announce uh, Respironics uh, Philips out of the Netherlands. Okay. 1,250 jobs in East Liberty, brand wow. new building going up, building their entire uh, world campus right in East Liberty. Um, we've been working on that with them for over a year. Huh. And trying to make sure that all of the things that they would be looking for would be made available. We have a couple more right now that hopefully we'll be able to announce this summer. And um, it's on a continual basis. So uh, it's a combination between our office and the URA. Uh, and then we partner very closely with the county executive and Allegheny County Economic Development the Allegheny Conference and the Pittsburgh Regional Alliance. So everybody works together well, as a team and everyone has a specific job. You know, it's interesting, though. In, in, it, 
everyone's working together, but with all this progress, I've noticed something that, and it's tough balance, you know, even when I look into, you know, East Liberty or different areas there, Lawrenceville, I grew up in, like I said, you know, Strip and know, know the city real well, but, and I think, are you in, are you the one who's involved? It seems like there's a nice integration. In other words, you're a historian guy, you respect history, I know that. It seems like we're, we've been able to modernize, but I, I don't see major changes. For, I don't see history being history suffering so sometimes when yeah. sometimes we have to modernize history has to suffer a lot i don't see that i see some integration i see so, in other words is that you help is that a, there's a balance two, right a two biggest challenges facing pittsburgh and it's so wonderful to say this because you know what it was like in the 80s and the 90s yeah biggest challenges were some really big challenges of whether or not we were going to make it right um right today it's how do you keep pittsburgh pittsburgh because you don't want to lose what it is in the process of growth. Our uniqueness. And then the second is how do you make a Pittsburgh for everyone? So how do we start to see the investment happening in Sheridan and in Esplin yeah. and in Knoxville, in Carrick, in Beltshoover, and in parts of the north side and in Lincoln, Lemington, in the East Hills? We still have a majority of the city that is seeing no investment. Right. And even right. though we're seeing changes happening maybe too fast in East Liberty and Lawrenceville, it's it's not happening in other areas. So, you know, a lot of cities are either hot or cold. They're either, you know, very hot market and the right. cost is going up exponentially or it's a very cold market. Pittsburgh has both within that little 55 square miles. Right. And we have to be very cognizant that it requires different tools in different neighborhoods to be able to see success. So when it comes to keeping Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, it's why we took so long with the terminal building in the strip hmm. because we didn't want to tear down 40% of it. Right. We didn't want to build a bunch of surface parking. We want that crazy long building to be that crazy long building a hundred years from now. Right. That look, that right. or the history. That is Pittsburgh. Right, and that's the key to uh, I, I think to your success to so that guy who can oversee that. What keeps me up at night? St. Joe's and Liberty Avenue in Bloomfield, St. John Vianney up in Allentown mm. with the double steeples. What happens if the diocese should decide to close them? Yeah. Um, developer will look at it and say, "I can demolish it and build an apartment building." Right, right. But we don't want to lose those pieces churches, of yeah, history. Look, yeah, the history. Right. That that's true. That yeah. is true. I think a lot of people agree with you. I'm glad you, you know it does. How could could you protect that bill? Have you done that before? I'm sure you do that I've every met once with in a while. And just try to explain to him about um, the the importance of uh, the history. Yeah, and let us work with you because his concern is he doesn't want to see that become a bar. You know, oh. he doesn't want to see the church become something that it's uh, right. It's uh, not right. And my goal with him is let us then find developers who can create housing or create senior centers or different right. things. Okay. But You're telling me I would do this with conscience and he's a, right. a listening. I hope. Listening. Yeah. Bill always, uh, such a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time out, man. I know how busy you are. It means the world to me, but I know you're, that kind of guy, man, it's always helping uh, out a friend. So I appreciate that. Thanks for being on the yep. show, man. Thank you for everything you've done for Pittsburgh, Jimmy. Thanks, Bill. Honored, man. Thank you. Portions of this broadcast are sponsored by Pants and the Pittsburgh clothing store where Yens get more. Bye.
I can't go down here like this. You'll go down there like that if I say so. But it's Tony Iris. I don't care if it's the Skyliners. That was the only clothes you ain't tore up yet this year. You're going down there just like that. Get your brother. Hey, you going down there like that? I can't go down there like this. Warm weather is approaching, and that means lots of fun outdoor Pittsburgh activities. The regatta, the arts festival, the outdoor concert season, and many Pittsburghers are asking themselves the same question. How am I supposed to pick up chicks when I ain't got no good clothes to wear? At Pantsonette, we've got lots of good clothes at good prices. I get my disability check and pow! Stein of pants and hat. Dad, I can't wear these down there. I look like a jaggle. You'll wear them pants and be proud. Gun's really going down Donny Iris like that. Yes, he's going down Donny Iris like that. And what about you, Mr. Nebby? I'm going like this. You ain't leaving a house like that. Where these? Where'd you get these? Ty's been down pants and hat. Get out. That's right. Get out. Get out right now to the big two-for-one sale at Pantsonette. Buy any pair of polyesters and get the second pair for free. You're wearing a free pair. <laughs> no, I ain't. You are. Jag. Whoosh. Quit your yapping nobody goes down to Donny Iris. That's better. Pantsonette in a mall near you. No mystery.